I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear, and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust, and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O Lord my God and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. O Lord, you yourself know, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Right now 
learn to walk by faith but you gave me a promise that you would never leave you testimony this morning let us just praise the Lord and give him honor and glory where you lead me Lord I will follow oftentimes we say to God 
Lord, direct my footsteps. But when he start directing it, many times we resist. And that's why we have to know him. To know that he knows what's best for us. That wherever he leads me, he'll keep me. That I'm not in this by myself. Even though I'm surrounded with dark clouds and it seems as though I can't see my way out. I want you to know this morning that God is with you. You might feel lonely, but God is with you. You might not able, be able to feel him, but God is with you. The Bible said that God is of every present help in a time of trouble. Wherever you are, just raise your hands. Just give him glory, give him honor, give him praise. For he is a mighty God. He is a mighty God. I thank everyone for tuning in this morning. Once again, I'm Pastor Williamson of the Church of Champions in Snellville, Georgia. I'm delighted to be a servant in the kingdom of God. My life and my story was not always like this. But I thank God for the change he brought to my life. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 21. We call it the Acts of the Apostles. Acts chapter 21, reading from verse 8 to 14. And when you find it, just read along with me. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and into the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his hand, his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, and he said, what do you mean 
by weeping and breaking my heart. For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying, the will of the Lord be done. Father, we thank you, God, for the reading of your word. We pray, Lord Jesus, even now, that you will anoint my lips of clay, that I will speak as a servant of the Most High God, and that you will anoint the listeners, wherever they are, Lord God, anoint their ears that they may hear and understand what thus saith the Lord. I pray, God, that your divine will be done in this hour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I would like to speak to you from the subject this morning, walking with Jesus in hard places. Walking with Jesus in hard places. Oftentimes, in Christendom, a believer can find his or herself dealing with depression because of hardship and also because of how we interpret and identify what it means to be blessed. So often we paint what it means to be blessed using a broad brush. And in the process of us painting, we overemphasize blessings with material possessions. The danger of this is that we can self-destruct when our expectation does not align with God's will. I say this because when expectation does not align with God's will, we end up looking for God to do something that he's not going to do. Why? Because it's not in his will. If this is the case, then what we need to do then is know his will first. And when we know his will, then we can set right expectations. The question we have to ask ourselves is, what is God's will for my life? You see, we can't look at what other people have and assume that what other people have is God's will for my life. If I take that approach, I will be a miserable Christian all my life. And so often, you know, we look at what other people have and we see what they have and we wish to have what they have. And when we ask God for what they have and God does not give us what they have, we believe that God does not care about me. We are so programmed to associate blessings with possessions to the point that we call people blessed according to what they have materially. You know, we say things like, if you own a house, you're blessed. If you have a new car, you're blessed. If you have money in your account, you're blessed. If you wear name brand clothes, you're blessed. The problem that we are facing in today's church is Christians in America are measuring blessings according to material possessions. 
And that was never supposed to be the underlining factor to determine if one is blessed. I can't look at what you have to determine that you're blessed. Because I don't know how you obtain, God, what you have. There's so many people that drive nice cars. So many people that live in nice houses or homes. So many people, amen, that wear name brand clothes. So many people that have a whole lot of money in their account. And sometimes you look at them and you say, man, I wish that was me. But you don't know how they obtained what they have. You don't know how, amen, they went about to obtain the car in a fraudulent way. You don't know that they went about obtaining the house in a fraudulent way. We only see the material possession, but we don't know how they obtain it. And so we got to be careful that we don't look at what people have and immediately assume that they're blessed because of what they possess. Come on, somebody. Whenever the focus is off, the body overcompensate. And what we have done in Christendom is that we have overemphasized material possessions as the means of being blessed due to our focus being off. The truth is being blessed has nothing to do with material possessions. I don't have to have a house to be blessed. I don't have to have a car to be blessed. I don't have to wear name brand clothes to be blessed. I don't have to have a dime in the account to be blessed. I don't even have to have food in the fridge to be blessed. Being blessed is about being in a relationship with God. Jesus gave a parable of the rich man and Lazarus. He said that there was a rich man who fared well and had nice things in this life. And there was a poor man who was a beggar whose name was Lazarus who sat at the rich man's gate. And the Bible said, and dogs came and licked his sores. Uh, it happened that both of them died one day uh, and Lazarus was carried into the bosom of Abraham and the rich man was buried and found himself in Hades. I want you to notice here that the Bible never mentioned the rich man's name, uh, but it mentioned Lazarus. The rich man had a whole lot of stuff, uh, but God didn't know his name. The rich man lived in a nice house and no doubt had chariots and had servants. He had all of these things, but the Lord didn't know his name. The Lord didn't call his name. The Bible said that the Lord said the poor man's name was Lazarus. Lazarus did not have, amen, anything compared to what the rich man had. Lazarus didn't have a house, uh, but the Lord knew his name. Lazarus didn't even have clothes on his back, uh, amen, clean clothes, but the Lord still knew his name. Lazarus, amen, didn't have food, amen, to feed himself, but the Lord still knew his name. God. He didn't have manservant or a woman servant to serve him, but the Lord still knew his name. Not only did the Lord knew his name, but the Bible said the Lord said Lazarus was carried. 
oh God, into the bosom of Abraham. Lord God, he was carried. Therefore, the Lord saw all of the struggles that he was going through while he was on earth. And God said to Lazarus, amen, you no longer have to walk, but now I carry you. Lord. On the other hand, the Bible said, oh God, the rich man was buried. He was not carried, amen, to Abraham's bosom, but he was buried and sent down to Hades. Oh, there the Bible said he was tormented he had all the things on earth amen uh, but he was tormented at the end of his life Jesus uh, and so here it is you see that poor man Lazarus had nothing but the Lord knew his name uh, and he was carried uh, but he had nothing uh, but the rich man on the other side amen he had everything that we all desire to have he had the fine home he had the nice things the things that cause uh, people to go wow he had all of the wow factor going for him but one thing he missed uh, was that God didn't know his name I'm concerned about our modern day Christian theology uh, that doesn't address the importance of living right but always seems to talk about being blessed what we fail to understand in Christendom is that if we don't live our life according to how the gospel declares it and if all we do is piecemeal it uh, oh God when persecution comes we won't be able to last because we have not fully submerged ourselves in the gospel and so if all we do with the gospel is take what we want uh -huh. pick and choose and amen dissect the scripture and and say well I don't want this and I and I'll do this and I'll take this but I won't do this then when prosecution comes you won't be able to survive the test of times I'm concerned God due to our decisions that we are a generation that lacks spiritual stamina uh, we don't have the stamina to last Oh God, uh, we are not marathon runners. We can't, amen, we can run sprints, but we can't run a marathon. We have no perseverance. We have no longevity. Amen, we are believers that have no stamina. Uh, and the reason why we have no stamina, amen, is because our focus is off. Uh, we don't know what it is to go through life and don't have. We don't understand what it is to go through life and to suffer and to still be a believer. Amen. Why you believe in God that he'll make a way, but you're still going through trials and tribulation. We are so accustomed to being blessed. We are so accustomed to having the finest things in America. We are so accustomed, amen, to living in nice homes and driving nice cars, amen, and wearing name brand clothes. But if you go into third world nation that are being persecuted, amen, for the faith's sake, amen, you will see a different type of Christianity. Uh, you will see a Christianity that have to be hidden in order, amen, to give God praise. Uh, we will see a Christianity, amen, people who are being incarcerated because they are declaring the name of Jesus as Lord. Uh, we don't understand what it is to go through persecution because our focus is always on being blessed. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, you know it's true. Uh, preachers today don't even talk about living right. Uh, they don't even tell you, amen, how to draw close to God. They just tell you today, just ask God for this and just believe God for this, but never give you guidance on the importance of living right before God. God, we got to make a change, people. We got to make a change. If all we talk about is what we want God to bless us with in order for him to validate his faithfulness, uh, then we have missed the message. 
If we build our foundation on this premise, it weakens the foundation of our faith and brings into question God's faithfulness towards us every time we go through a trial. We will always question God's faithfulness if we accept this modern day theology. I'm reminded of the early church. Uh, the early church never had half the things we have, uh, but they had more power. Uh, that we have today. Uh, they didn't have the certain necessities, but remained faithful nevertheless. They didn't have, amen, half the things that we have, uh, but they still remained faithful. Lord Jesus, uh, they remained faithful. They came to church. They gave, uh, amen, from the little that they had. And they, they were faithful, amen, to God. They were faithful to the work of the kingdom. They were faithful. They put God first no matter what. Uh, not this generation. We don't think like that, no. It's about me, myself, and I. But not until we, not until we rid ourselves from that evil mindset, uh, from that selfish mindset, uh, can we experience the move of God like God wants to give it in today's church come on somebody amen uh, hallelujah in Hebrews we find that the Bible says some were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection still others had trials of mocking and scourgings yes and of chains and imprisonment some were stoned some were cut in two Tempted and slain with the sword. Some wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves, and still they kept the faith. All these having obtained a good testimony through their faith, did not receive the promise but remained faithful. Lord, they served God even though things were rough. They served God when the going got tough. They did not, amen, relinquish their anointing. They did not relinquish the name of God. Amen, they remained faithful. They didn't try to sidestep it. They didn't try to dilute it. Amen, they said, Lord, no matter what, amen, I'm going to remain faithful. They live in mountains and we live in homes, uh, amen, but yet they remain faithful. They live in dens and, and caves, uh, amen, and we live in nice apartments and yet they remain faithful. But look at them compared to us. They didn't have half the things that we have today and they were rooted and grounded in God. What has happened to us uh, as a body here is the fact that we have, uh, amen, not submerged ourselves in the entire gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have picked and choose and we have chosen what we want. Uh, and when things doesn't happen the way we would like it to happen, we get upset at God. Uh, amen. We turn our backs against God because God has not responded in the way that I'm looking for. When Jesus was on earth, uh, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who were oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There was nowhere, nowhere in scriptures that the Bible said the Lord came to give us material possessions. 
Nowhere in scriptures uh, it shows that God has to give us anything else, amen, than giving us life. He said, I've come that you may have life uh, and have it more abundantly. He said, because you were blind, I came to give you sight, amen. Because you were lame, I came to put walking in your step, amen. You were missing some things that was needed in order for you to live and to have truth. He said, I came that you may have that, not for you to have, amen, material possessions. Yes, amen, every now and then, Lord, uh, the Lord will make a way for you to have some stuff uh, but let us not mistake blessings uh, for material possessions Come on, somebody. Amen. We need to rid ourselves from that mindset uh, because it is causing uh, the church to become depressed. Uh, it is causing believers uh, to go into depression. Uh, it's causing, amen, uh, a whole uh, generation, amen, to, to miss the opportunity that is given to us uh, that when prosecution comes, uh, we will have what we need to survive. But if all we're looking at is what's in God's hand uh, and not what's in his heart, uh, we will miss, amen, the opportunity that we have right now. Come on somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Oh God, we got to shift our focus. Uh, the scripture that we have read indicates to us that Paul had God-given knowledge that he was going to be in chains and face tribulation. It's when he arrived in Jerusalem. In spite of him knowing this, he did not delay his departure. When you read this scripture and then you go back to look at chapter 20, you would see that God, the Holy Spirit, had spoken to Paul and given Paul a form knowledge of what was going to happen to him. The Holy Spirit came and said to Paul, you got to go back to Jerusalem and you got to testify of me in Jerusalem. He said, when you get to Jerusalem, Paul, I want you to know something. Some bad things are going to happen to you. But even though some bad things are going to happen to you, Paul, uh, I want you to understand that you are not alone. And so often when bad things happen to us, we believe that God is not with us. And that's not true. The fact that, amen, if you are a child of God and bad things happen to you, amen, God is with you. God is the one that's keeping you. God is the one that sustains you, amen, because if God was not with you, you would have lost your mind while you were going through what you were going through. But the reason Lord God, the Lord spoke to Paul and gave him an insight because the Lord wanted Paul to know what was coming. And even though Paul knew what was coming, Paul did not delay his departure. You know, that was some of us, we would have delayed, we would have procrastinated, uh, amen, we would have looked ahead of us and we would have feared, amen, what was coming, but Paul said, I'm ready, uh, Paul said, I've already emptied myself, uh, amen, I hold nothing back anymore, I've given everything I have to give, uh, he told, amen, the elders in Ephesus while he was in Miletus, uh, told them what was coming and the Bible said he prepared them he said I'm going amen to Jerusalem uh, and he said the Holy Spirit have already showed me uh, and showed me saying that I will be in chains and tribulation uh, he said in spite of me knowing this he said but none of these things move me oh God uh, he said none of these things move me uh, he said, I'm already anchored in God. Uh, I don't care what the enemy has to send my way. Uh, I don't care, amen, what he takes from me. Uh, I don't care, amen, if he leaves me destitute. Uh, he said, I am ready for this. Uh, he said, in spite of what's coming, 
He let us know that none of these things move me. Uh, he said, none of these things move me. Uh, Pastor, what you mean? Uh, yes, uh, he means, oh God, what he's saying here, uh, it doesn't matter what comes my way. Uh, it doesn't matter if I don't have a job. Uh, it doesn't matter if you take my home. Uh, it doesn't matter if you repossess my car. Uh, it doesn't matter even if you take my life. Uh, I am determined to stand on the word of God. Uh, you see, today's believers don't have that stability. Uh, today's believers don't have that mindset uh, because we're so hooked on being blessed. Uh, Paul knew how to live in the deficit. Uh, he knew how to live in the lack. Uh, he knew, amen, how to survive uh, with the little that he had. Uh, and he gave God glory in spite of. Uh, can I tell somebody right now? Uh, your lack is making you better. Uh, your lack is giving you strength, amen, to trust in the Lord uh, in the hours of uncertainty. Uh, your lack is causing you to pray more. Uh, your lack is causing you to seek his face more. Uh, your lack is causing you, God, to intercede more. Uh, your lack is causing you to be on your knees more. Uh, your lack is causing you to read the word of God more. So there is a blessing uh, in your lack. Uh, God, hallelujah. So often, amen, when God opens doors for us uh, and he pours out blessings upon us uh, and we have all of these things that we call blessings, uh, it keeps us away from God. Uh, it distracts us from seeking God's face. Uh, the more we have, the less we pray uh, because we don't believe we need to trust in God anymore because we already have it. Uh, but sometimes God will position us in a way uh, that he will strip us from everything that we have have uh, to have us lean on him uh, to have us trust in him uh, to have us uh, confide in him uh, to have us wait on him I just want to talk to somebody today uh, who is walking with Jesus in hard places. Uh, I want to talk to somebody today uh, who is going through some rough times uh, and you think that you're God forsaken. Uh, you've been praying but you haven't been hearing God. Uh, you've been fasting but you haven't gotten your answer. Uh, you've done everything that you know how but things are still the same. I want to encourage you today uh, that God has not forsaken you. Uh, uh, God, there are some things that you are, amen, responsible for. There are some things that you are assigned for in this life. Uh, there are some things that we all have an assignment for. There are some things that God is going to cause us to go through in order to refine us, uh, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. Uh, and so we got to go through it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we got to go through it. Paul said, man, Paul said, but none of these things move me, uh, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Uh, in other words, uh, what Paul was saying here was that I've lost, I've lost everything that pertains to me. Uh, he said, I've let go of myself. Uh, I don't look to myself anymore. Uh, my strength is not in me anymore. Uh, everything that I have is tied up and tangled up in God. So he said, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. The reason why many of us can't finish is because we count ourselves dear. But he said, not until you rid yourself of self then you will be able to finish this race. And not only would you finish it, but he said, 
so that I may finish my race with what? Joy. Not with sadness. Not with depression. Because of what I don't have. But with joy because I'm going through some trials. I'm, I'm going through some tribulation. I'm, I have to learn to lean and trust in God. When we look at chapter 21 in the scripture that we read, Paul have left Miletus and now he's in Caesarea. And while he's there, he does a pit stop because he's given his farewell journey. He's letting everyone know that I may never see you again. But I want to make sure that what I put in you lasts. When Paul talks, Paul talks about him emptying himself of himself. He talks about being a poured out sacrifice. He said, I want to make sure that when I get to Jerusalem, I have given you everything you need to survive. I want to make sure that once I depart from here, uh, that you have what it takes to last. He said, I'm not going to water down the gospel for you. He said, I'm not going to dilute the word of God for you. Uh, because you're going to need every ounce of it. Yeah. You're going to need every, everything that comes with it. Now, in order for you to make it in the last days. So now when he gets to Caesarea, he goes into Philip's, the evangelist's house. And while he is there, the Bible said a prophet named Agabus came down from Judah who had a foreknowledge of what was going to happen to Paul. As he comes down to where Saul is uh, and he takes Saul's belt off from him uh, and he binds Saul, Paul, excuse me, with his hands and his feet. Uh, and then he says to the man, he says to Paul, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of Jerusalem, to the hands of the Gentiles, excuse me. And when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. The prophet Agabus came down because he had a vision. He came down and he took Paul's belt and bound him and told him, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you when you get to Jerusalem. And while this is being said, the people who are Paul's companion is trying to persuade Paul not to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go through Jerusalem, Paul. You don't have to deal with the prosecution, Paul. You don't have to, uh, God, be in chains, Paul. Uh, oh, God, we admire you. We want you to, to stay free. We don't want you to go through anything because we love you, Paul. 
but Paul as they were pleading with Paul the Bible said they were weeping they were trying to keep Paul from fulfilling his assignment and sometimes in life if we're not careful we can have people keep us back from fulfilling our assignment uh, but Paul said, uh, oh God, while they were weeping, uh, Paul said to them, men and women, uh, he said, he answered, he said, what do you mean by weeping uh, and breaking my heart? Uh, Paul said, man, you have affected me. Uh, Paul said, your weeping is touching me. Uh, but even though you're weeping uh, and even though you're pleading with me, uh, he said, I have a calling on my life uh, that I have to attend to. Uh, I have have a calling on my life uh, that I have to stand up to. Uh, I have a calling on my life uh, that I have to walk towards. Uh, I can't avoid it. I can't run from it. Uh, amen. I can't sidestep it. Uh, I have to go towards it. Uh, amen. And the Bible said they pleaded with him. Uh, but when they could not persuade him, the Bible said they ceased saying the Lord's will be done. Paul had a made up mind. He said, even though the Lord is leading me through hard places, uh, even though I'm going to be walking with God through some hard places, uh, he said, I have a made up mind. Uh, I, I don't mind what I'm going to walk towards. Uh, I don't care what's coming towards me. Uh, oh God, he says, I'm not walking alone. I'm walking with the Lord. And as long as I'm walking with the Lord, I know the Lord will keep me. I know the Lord will make a way somehow. I know the Lord will sustain me. Amen. And give me the strength that I need to survive through my storm. See, so often we want God to bail us out. Uh, we want God, amen, to omit certain things in our life. Uh, we want God to sidestep it or we want God to omit it, amen, that we won't have to go through it. Uh, but the Bible said, uh, the trying of your faith uh, worketh patience. Uh, amen. These things we need because it prepares us uh, and for what's coming. Uh, it prepares us. It gives us stability. Uh, it gives us, amen, what we need to stand on. Uh, it gives us in the anointing to last it gives us a solid foundation to walk on and so here it is in closing huh? Paul goes Paul heads to Jerusalem uh, in spite of what uh, amen in spite of what he saw in spite of what he heard uh, he did not turn from his assignment uh, he did not abort his assignment uh, he said man if God be for me who can be against me uh, I don't care if they take my life uh, amen I've done the will of the Lord uh, amen I don't care what persecution come my way uh, I've done the will of the Lord uh, amen I've seen uh, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Huh? Amen. He said, I've done my job. I've kept the faith. Amen. Huh? He said, I'm going to Jerusalem huh? and nothing is going to stop me. Huh? The Bible said when he got to Jerusalem, huh, there were Jews from Asia who saw him in the temple. Huh? And the Bible said that when they saw him in the temple, huh, the city of Jerusalem uh, was in an uproar. Uh, and the Jews who came from Asia uh, stirred the people up. Uh, and the Bible said they, they took Saul. Uh, amen. They began to beat him. Uh, they began to beat him. Uh, Lord, because they wanted to kill him. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that word got back to the commander in the Roman army. And they came to where Saul was. They came to where Paul was. And they had to break the crown because they would have killed him. But God allowed the Roman soldiers to come 
to rescue him. I'm not saying that you won't go through some things. I'm not saying that you won't lose some things. I'm not saying that it won't hurt sometimes. In fact, it's going to hurt more times than not. If you're not hurting, then you ain't in the gospel, honey. Yeah. If you are not feeling any pain in your life, uh, then you don't understand what it is to follow Jesus. Uh, if all you do is walk by your desire and always live based upon what you want uh, and what you see is what you get, uh, you will never be able to make it in the last days. But Paul was a different man. He was a man with a made-up mind. He was a man who had a testimony. He was a man who had a walk with God. He was a man who was determined on finishing his course. And I encourage you today, that no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, you got to finish this course. And you got to make sure that you have submerged yourself in the word of God. Not just hear what other people are saying, but you got to learn the word of God for yourself to know that blessings, material blessings, don't identify somebody as being blessed. It doesn't determine that you're blessed. What determines that you're blessed is having a relationship with God. More than silver and gold. Give me Jesus. Think about that. The songwriter said, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. Could you imagine that Jesus is worth more than riches untold because he liberates your mind he liberates your soul he allows you to see what life is all about it's not about living in big homes it's not about driving nice cars it's good to have those things but it's not the end all. It doesn't reflect who I am. We bypass people on the streets, homeless people, and sometimes we walk past them and we'll shake our head. But could it be that God knows their name more than he knows yours. Could it be that they will be carried and you will be buried? Lazarus, the poor man, had nothing, but he had belief in God. How do you know he had belief in God? Because the Lord knew his name. The Lord knew his name. And he had nothing. What matters most is that God knows your name.
What you have can't go with you. But your relationship with God will give you access into his kingdom. While the rich man was enjoying his wealth, Lazarus was destitute. But he was looking for God. Lord, I don't have money to buy food. I don't even have money to change my clothes. I got sores on my body. I don't even look like a believer. And sometimes walking with God you don't even look like a believer because you lose so much. You've lost so much. But I want to show you something in scripture. Many are the affliction of the righteous but the Lord delivers them through come on wherever you are just worship him give him all of your heart ask the Lord for forgiveness for your wrong focus we have to get back to the Bible way Believe me, persecution is coming to America. Christians are going to be persecuted. It's coming sooner than we think. And if we do not have enough word in us, a close walk with God, if we have not submerged ourselves in the gospel, we will not be able to last. But God is calling us to rid ourselves from this modern day theology and get ourselves anchored in his word the right way. That when tough times come, you would say I am counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Praise the Lord everybody. It's time to wake up. It's time to rid ourselves From that mindset. Times are changing. Times are changing in this country. And we need to get ready. We need to get ready to stand against the evil that's coming. We need to get ready. Wherever you are right now, just bow your heads.
Eternal Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. I pray, Lord God, if there's any out there that is under the sound of my voice that don't know who you are, I pray even now, God, that you would touch their hearts, that you would forgive them of their sins, that you, Lord Father, God, would show them the error in their walk. And I pray, God, that wherever they are, that they will turn from their wicked ways. And they will seek your face and ask you for mercy and grace. And that they will give their life to you, God. That they can be carried the way Lazarus was carried and not buried. Father, again, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have kept us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you walk with us even in hard places. It's difficult at times, but we shall make it. We will not give up hope. We thank you, Lord. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. May God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. May the face of God shine on you and keep you forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed.